Welcome your buddy Murph back once again for what we call an RFR conversation. Uh, we're here to get to know uh, a good friend of the show, uh, a guy that we got to know at the, what the, the was it the, around draft time last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, almost, almost a year ago. Almost a year ago, around draft time last year. Uh, we, If you're familiar, of course, with Mount Shieldmore, uh, with our with our buddy Graf and and Andy and, uh, and Hammer, uh, and the guy that we are featuring today here on RFR conversation, we are so stoked to talk to our good buddy, Wasted Town. From Raider Nation Unlimited, what's going on, buddy? Man, I'm 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 feeling excellent, man. This this right here is a, a bucket list kind of thing for me, man, because I was a fan of you guys before I started my podcast. I'm still a fan of what you guys do. Respect what you guys have done, and I also respect the man cave, man. The, the, the man that, that's that's actually your man cave, bro. That is my dream here at my home. I'm trying to build something similar to that, man. So I'm, I'm just happy to be on the show, brother. Oh, well, thank you so much. Appreciate that. And I hope this thing didn't, the old zoom just got glitched up here. Oh, did it? Yeah. It's got, it got stuck. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you, but Murph, you know what? That picture, man, if, if you were ever going to have a glitch, <laughs> that's a hard picture there right go, there there we go well, let me go ahead and switch over there now that i'm unglitched let me go ahead and switch it over to to my best friend and yours uh, uh, uh joining us here in the fan cave uh to talk to our buddy uh, wasted is uh my buddy swag jeff hey, hey it's great to be here and of course great to have wasted on the show man anytime we can bring fellow content creators and friends on the show is always a good thing and uh we always say a rising tide raises all ships right so so we want to celebrate what you do and we appreciate all your support for what we do and so you know we just we want to get to know you today and let the fans know who you are not just you know not just wasted talent the podcaster and the show creator but as a fan as well we, we want to know you the fan so where does your fandom come from we know you're an east coast guy uh you're in new jersey there so where did this 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 raider life start for you Man, it started for me pretty much from birth because my dad you know, my family's originally from the Bay, you know what I mean? And my dad was a Raider fan. And when I was a little kid, it wasn't, you know, nowadays, whatever your dad like, you like. But the thing that changed everything for me was the first Super Bowl that I vividly remember is our Super Bowl win against the Redskins. Okay. And seeing Marcus Allen dominate that game. And, you know, every little kid wants to be a running back until, you know, I figured out I wasn't fast enough and became a linebacker. <laughs> you know, but uh, but just idolizing Marcus Allen, man, and uh, then just you know getting older and digging deep into what the Raiders represented and watching all those old NFL films with John Facenda, you know, the autumn wind is a Raider, you know, and then seeing <laughs> seeing you know all the old films before I was born and 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 learning the things that Al Davis did. And, and 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 not to make it a, like a racial thing, but just seeing how how Al Davis always put on for minorities, man. You know what I mean? It just it, and and so it's, it's so many different things that that have my fandom almost to like. It, it's almost like like football is almost a religion, almost. You know, what I don't mean to be blasphemous or anything, but it's almost like a religion, man. And it's like the Raiders are more than just a team to me. And they're more than just a team to all of us. It's really a lifestyle. And when you see the way, just, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's so much, it's such a, that's such a complicated question for me, man, because like Al Davis, man, really sealed it for me, man. And respecting what kind of man he was and what he did in, in, in life. It, it just, it was, it's just, I, I, I can't even, I, I don't know if I, if I had enough words to answer that, man. 
Well, you know, it's interesting when you, when you, the way you, you phrase that. And, and I think that's so much of what catches us is the, is the legacy that Al Davis left and the, you know, the strides that he made, obviously. And, 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 you know, like you said, putting on minorities and, you know, bringing in all the, the ground that was, that Al Davis broke, uh, you know, long before it was, a popular thing to do, or at least a yeah. more widely discussed thing. Nobody was mandating these things. Nobody was telling anybody they had to, these are just Al Davis did because it was the right thing to do. And yeah. so that, that I think is one of the things that endeared us all so much. Something else interesting that you said too, about your dad being from the Bay. Isn't it, isn't it wild how much this Raider thing is passed down from generation to generation. For me, it was my dad and my uncle's, Passed it on to me. I'm passing it on to my my boys. You know, Swag Jeff's passed on to his kids. Um, was that something that that you shared with your dad as as a young man? Yeah, but I didn't have my dad a, a, a long time. My dad died when I was young. Okay. So as a young kid, I shared it with him, and then you know he got sick, and you know then he was no longer around, and it was just something that I just took and, and ran with. That's one of the things that I can draw back to from his life. Is, is 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 our love of, of the game and watching the game together. You know what I mean? And at this point, and it, it, you know, it's funny because this is long before, you know, people had a satellite dish. Like my dad had a satellite dish back in the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 and the funny thing too is, is that the Raiders in the, in the 80s, in the 90s, the Raiders were on almost every weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was almost like we were the home team. It was crazy, you know what I mean? From the Bo Jackson years, even up to when Jeff Hostetler was there, even up to when Haas was there, '93. The Ray, we were on like every weekend, man. We were, we were a prime time game all the time. So it wasn't like you went you went too many weeks without seeing us on television, you know. But uh, yeah, man, it's 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 crazy, man. Like he was a guy that um, you know, my dad was a guy that you know. He loved this team. He passed it down to me. And when he got sick and he he passed on and stuff like that, it seems like when you lose a parent at a young age, you start kind of forgetting who they are and who they were. But that's one of the central things that I'll never forget about them. Oh. And, that, and that's really cool, man. You, you talk about that. I mean, it, it really, you know, when you said that this is more than just a team, this is more than just football, like this is family for you. Like this is the way that you – you know, carry your dad with you everywhere you go. You got that silver and the black on, and that he's right. He's right here with you. You know, that's that's really really cool. I, I love that. I'm glad I'm passing it down to my daughters too. <laughs> hey, I, and uh, me too. Me too. Because you know, because these young guys. So my my kids are uh, six and four. So they haven't seen any winning football <laughs> lately. So you know. So and me being a new Raider fan myself, I haven't been a Raider fan, but for you know, coming up on four or five years now. So, you know, so I learned about the history of the team from folks like you, folks like Murph, you know, all those guys and just, you know, and then, of course, going back and watching the NFL films and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's how I grew my fandom from that. So, you know, so so it's cool that, you know, you guys can tell me stories all the time and if I find new ways to love this team and stuff like that. So so it's really, really cool. So. Uh, so, yeah, so we talked about, you know, so so you're a fan been there for a long time. You've seen a lot of great players, a lot of great moments, stuff like that. So, so if you could pick one player that you would just hang your hat on and go, that's my dude. Uh, who, who do you got? You know what, man? I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to say, and I, I, I you guys are going to laugh about this, man. Yo, I, I have to say, man, 
it's not laugh, but it's got to be Charles Woodson, man. Oh, that's a solid yeah, pick. Absolutely. It's got to be Chuck, man. Like, because, like, with Marcus Allen, I loved Marcus Allen growing up. But when he went to the Chiefs, and I know it wasn't his fault, and I know Al, and stuff that went on with Al, a lot of stuff that went on we don't know about. And I understand Marcus Allen, for what happened to Marcus Allen, I understand he had some animosity towards the organization. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, got sat on a bench and all that. Marcus Allen was my guy. But when he when he went to the Chiefs and he would come back and kill us all the time. How many? I mean, how many times did we beat the Chiefs when he went there? We didn't beat them too many. No, I man. think we might have beat them once or twice when he was there. Like we didn't really beat them at all after he went over there. He used to kill us. I feel like every time he played against mm-hmm. us, he would score at least two touchdowns. And it just it made my love for Marcus Allen turn to hate. <laughs> so, and, and and then with Bo, Bo was my childhood idol. But Bo got hurt so fast. He was like a comet. Yeah. yeah. But Charles Woodson, man, the fact that he was so excellent in the beginning of his career, he was a guy that I idolized at Michigan. And, and and you know, him being the first defensive player in memory that I can remember to win the Heisman Trophy when he was in Michigan, even though I'm a Notre Dame guy. And then him coming back and loving this organization enough to come back and finish his career out, that, that means a lot to me. So Charles Woodson's my guy. Absolutely, and it's you know that's it's a hard one to argue with, and 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 I'm I'm with you on on Chuck, especially as the modern day Raiders go. I mean, I think that he's you know when Willie Brown passed on, um, I felt like you know Charles who who idolized so much about Willie Brown uh, and the legacy that he left. Um, you know, when Willie passed on, I feel like Charles kind of picked up that torch, uh, you know, from, from announcing the Raiders picks and, and, and celebrating mother's day, the way that Willie Brown so famously did for all those years. Um, you know, Woodson stepped right into that role, but just, just representing the Raiders out there, uh, in such a, you know, an amazing fashion. I think that he really took that mantle up. So it's like, it's, I love to see a guy like that who has this incredible playing career and legacy. And then now he's doing it off the field as well. And, um, you know, when we all got a chance to meet him, uh, last year at the draft, that was just like a dream come true. You you know what I mean? It was, it was absolute dream come true. So, um, all right. So, so Woodson's your guy. What about favorite game? One that you went to, or maybe just one you saw on TV. You you talk a lot about the NFL films games. Like I love black Sunday. Like I could watch black Sunday over and over and over again. I, I, you know, I, I watch it at least three or four times a year. Uh, as it is. Um, so that's, that's obviously one of my favorite games, but I wasn't around for it, but I mean, I was just alive, yeah, just not at the game. Yeah. Uh, but what, what about, so what are your favorite or moment or moments as, as a Raider fan? Well, my favorite game, I, and it, <laughs> you, you, people, people probably gonna laugh at me, man, but 1993, a divisional round against the Denver Broncos, us finally slamming that jabroni, John Elway on his face yes. and winning. I loved that game, man. The way Haas played in that game, Napoleon McCallum, Ethan Horton. Oh, my God. Tim Brown getting the long touchdown in that game. I'll never, ever forget that game, man, ever. And then Art Shell, for some reason, he owned the Denver Broncos, too. He owned the Denver Broncos. He didn't lose to the Denver Broncos. In his first go-round, he didn't lose to the Broncos much at all. You know what I mean? So that, that you know, and it sucks, man, because – you know, we we lost to Buffalo again. You know, like that next week, and mm-hmm. but that was one that was one of my favorite games that I remember like watching vividly, and uh, also uh, a game in the bad season, man. The the the, the year that uh we beat the the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, I think it was Cars. Was that Car? What year was that, man? 
Uh, that was that seventeen, maybe? Or, or, or no, 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 fifteen, maybe. No, it was fifteen. It was yeah, it was, yeah, it was before. 15. Yeah, it was fifteen. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we 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 had to keep going for uh with two with uh, uh freaking crab, and then and then it, they had to keep going for it and going for it. Go. That was one of the most exciting games, man. I I, I can remember, and I know like you know like our older Raider fans are probably like, oh man, you you're not talking about the Holy Roller. You're not talking about <laughs> you, you know the I mean any any of the old games to see your hands. But I can only go off of what I actually saw. You know what I mean? I didn't get sure. a chance to see all that great stuff in person, so it didn't mean the same thing. Absolutely. So, so before we fully dip our toe in in you as a as a content creator and stuff like that, so so you know, so as content creators, we get to meet some cool people, we get to do some cool things. So, is there one moment since you've been a podcaster or since you've been creating content with you know with Graph and Hammer and all those guys? Is there one moment that you can be like, wow? That was probably my favorite moment that I've done as a content creator. Dude, when when we were all in Las Vegas, we met Charles Woodson, man. When we <laughs> that, met Charles Woodson. Bro, that was I a was great like, night. That was a great, wasn't that, man? That, that oh. was a great night. That was yes. one of the best nights, man. And then it, the, the thing is, is that meeting you guys, right? And 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 then us all being in there, you know, Edge and James, all them guys are in there. And you see Charles Woodson and to see that he was such a great guy, man was 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 everything because a lot of times they say you don't want to meet people that you admire because you don't want to be disappointed and he exceeded my expectations based off of the way he treated people the way he spoke to people he was just a, a, a all around he's an excellent guy man and i i you know not to blow smoke or anything but man it, it made me feel good to know that a guy that i've supported his whole career is just as solid off the field as he was on the field Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot better in life than, uh, than toasting some Woodson whiskey with the goat, man. It's, it's, it was a, that was a special moment for sure. That was freaking amazing. And you know what, what was so, what, one of the things that I thought was so cool about that, um, was when, uh, you know, so he, he's doing these appearances all day long, you know, he, he's representing Woodson whiskey all over the place. He's do, then he does this big event at the, at where were we at? Was it the Bellagio? Yeah. We were at the Bellagio. So he does this big event. And so he's finally done for the day. And he goes and he sits down and then I'm like, we, sh- we none of us got a picture like a, like a, of all of us content creators. Cause there was so many of us. Yeah. And so Graf goes over and he goes, Charles, like, come, come take a picture. And he freaking got up and took that, a picture. One of my favorite pictures ever uh, is all of us uh, there with Charles Woodson, man. It's just, yeah. it was that like, awesome. I'm with you, man. It was like a dream come true. Cause it like connected all the dots. Cause we were all there kind of celebrating that weekend, each other as content creators, but then to do it in that space with that guy, just, I mean, that, that was, it, it blew my mind. It was, it was amazing. If, if that day was a movie, the credits would have rolled after that. We held up the championship belt. Hammer brought the belt in the play. Oh man. And, and, and you know what, what else was great? I got to see a drunk graph dance his ass off too. That, <laughs> he I mean, walked, that, he that walked in doing it. Yeah, you saw it. You walked in. <laughs> that that was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I right, listen. I still have it on video for blackmail purposes. <laughs> I'll, I'll never that was the first time we met Graph. We had never really? met him before. He, he come in walking, dancing his ass off, and then we were like, "Hey, I'm, I'm Swag Jeff. Nice to meet you." It's like what an impression. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because we all just knew each other from online. We had none of us had, had met in person yet. And uh, so, yeah, no, that was that was great. So, all right, so you've you, you've you've got your show, uh, Raider Nation Unlimited, uh, with yourself, wasted talent. So, t- 
tell us about where is the where's the idea come from to start your show? Um, what's the, the kind of the we know the genesis of your fandom? Tell us about the genesis of your show, when it started, how it's going, and and what's the next steps for it. Well, it started a little over a year ago. Not even really. I mean, I started last February. Because what happened was, you know, last year I got really, really sick uh, around Christmas with COVID. And uh, I have some complications. I still have some complications, you know, with my lungs and everything. And that was the first time in my career that I was home like that. You know, I have a demanding job and, you know, you know, you know, dangerous and, you know, I but and and I'm I'm there a lot. You know, my whole adult life, you know, I've I've worked on average probably 25 hours a week of overtime. So I'm not home a whole lot. And most of my time, I'm just living for the weekend. And if I'm, I'm living for the weekend, most of my time I spend, you know, hanging out with my wife and my kids and trying to make up for all of the time I'm working, right? Right. Trying to be at games, trying to be at, you know, cheerleading competitions, all that kind of stuff. So last year, me getting sick the way I did, that was the first time in my career that I was home for like a month. And I just was like really depressed because I'm used to just be, I'm a worker, you know, and I'm sitting around and, I'm like, damn, it's not a whole lot to do. I can't really do much because physically I'm limited. So, hell, let me, I can't watch too much TV. Let me go on YouTube. So I was going on YouTube and I get down a wormhole. I'm, you know, watching boxing, old boxing matches because I'm a huge boxing fan and, you know, participated in the sport and, you know, have a lot of roots in that sport. And uh, then I'm watching old Raider films, watching Bo and, you know, watching Marcus Allen. I'm, I'm watching Napoleon Kaufman, you know, just, you know, just watching old Raider films, and somehow the algorithm takes me to Samoan Raider. And when it took me to Samoan Raider, because I've seen Samoan before, and I, I, you know, I like Samoan. He's just like just a great guy. And I'm like, damn, that would be cool to do something like that. But then, you know how they get you a suggested video? The suggested video takes me to Graph. So I see yeah. Graph, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, man. Like, they're answering all these questions, and the people are, I'm like, damn, it's a lot of, a lot of comments. Why are these comments? Because I didn't know. Like, I'm a boomer, bro. I didn't know that, like, people had live shows like that with sports stuff. So I put in, like, somebody was pissing me off, and they were saying something that just was stupid. And I put in, you know, a comment, and Graph read it. I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. So then I put in another comment. Then he read it. And so then the next day, I come back to the show, and I'm putting stuff in. And he's like, yo, where's the talent, man? Yo, man, you need to come on my fan show, brother. So I'm like, all right, cool. So he was like, you mind being on screen? I'm like, no, nah, cool. So I come on and uh, I guess after I left the show, everybody's like, yo, dude, you need your own show. They're like, yo, you, you, yo, you're, you're excellent. You need your own show. And I was like, I don't really know if I want to do it. And then Graf hits me up on my social media. He's like, hey, man, this is my number. Call me. And uh, he calls me. He goes, hey, brother, you, you need to start a channel, bro. He was like, I don't know what you got going on. You know what I'm saying? But you... And I was like, I don't really know. You know, I don't, I don't care about the money. You know, I don't really have a time. He's like, brother, you need to start your own channel, man. And I started my channel, and it was weird. It just it, it just, it took off, man. Like, Graf freaking, you know, supported me. Mitch came on my show, like, the first, like, two weeks I had I had a show. Because uh, Mitch is friends with one of my good friends. He he went to college with him. They You know, they play, one of my good friends played basketball at Sanitary, and Mitch played baseball there. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name of the school right, but uh, then Samoan just was, was he was watching my show and he kept sending people to my show. 
he was like, yo, support wasted. And he just sent, I think I got like 800 subs in one day because Samoan supported me. That's and then awesome. Samoans, and the Samoan came on my show like two weeks later. I, I was like, yo, man, just, you know, I don't know if you do anything, but I would love if you, you know, you could come pull up. And he was like, sure. And I'm like, what the fuck? Excuse <laughs> <laughs> my language. I'm like, I'm like, really? And then it just, it kept going. And then, you know, I, I got a good relationship with Graph. I got a great relationship with Hammer. Hammer used to let me come on his show every day. He, he Back in the day, Hammer used to do his show like in the midday. Every day, he'd let me come on his show. And I I, I got more comfortable on air, and uh, it just, the platform just kind of grew. And I didn't, I developed a brotherhood with those guys. And it goes outside of the, like, the content creator world. Like, I I don't think I talk to anybody in my life more than I talk to Graf. I, I probably call the guy two, three times a day we talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? We're always constantly talking to each other. And, it, and a lot of times, it has nothing to do with football. We're talking about life, our wives, our kids, family, joking about music. He's a guy that I've developed a, a, a real tight friendship with. I've developed a really tight friendship with Andy Hammer. You know, Andy's like a little brother. You know what I mean? And uh, he's such a solid, good individual. It's, it's, if people knew how solid Andy is and what kind of a guy he was, man, I mean, he's he's flawless. Like he's he, like he's he don't bother nobody. Guy works hard, man. He's just a, 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 a like a, a great human being, man. I'm just so glad I met these guys. You know what I mean? Because in your adult life, you guys know how it is. You go to work, you hang out with your family, you do the right thing, you come home. You don't really get a chance to develop new friendships. Most of the friends that I have in my life are guys that I grew up with from like a little kid, and they're still my friends. And it's guys that I have from work that I'm kind of cool with, mm-hmm. but. These guys, man, I've developed a brotherhood in such a short time, and I've ne- I've never been that kind of guy. And that goes to show you the power of Raider Nation. Absolutely, the power. Even I haven't met a, a guy that I've met in person, such as yourselves and Mitch and Samoan and Mister Fitz and all. All these guys are just flawless individuals, man. You guys are all flawless, and you guys are great dudes, man. And I'm so glad that I got into this because if anything. That brotherhood that you have when you go to a game, you know you got a friendly face somewhere. Like if we go to Tennessee, I know there's a there, you know, you know you got a friend waiting for you. you. Go out to Vegas, Thor, Thor, and all those guys, man. They they'll, they'll he'll roll a red carpet. I have party at his house for everything. It's it's just such a great great experience, man. Not to ramble on too much, but no, yeah, not, you're you're exactly right, man. And you know we we could say the same thing about folks like you. I mean, you know, doing this crazy stuff that we do. That you know, sometimes we wonder why people even listen to just our opinions and stuff like that. But it, it is it's it's really cool to you know to to gain friendships and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I do I do Raiders fan radio with my best friend in real life. So you know, I mean, and, and I'm the same way with with him as as you are with Graf. And that's just, that's so cool that you can build you know, build a family and friendship and brotherhood and stuff like that. And, you know, while talking about this stuff and, and all that, it's, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, so, uh, okay. So you've got the Mount shield more, you've got all that stuff. Now tell us a little bit about, uh, 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 planet Raiders. Tell us a little bit about that and what you guys got cooking with that and, and, and where we can find all that. Man, planet Raiders is planetraiders.com. Um, we, Wanted to provide just a, a, a one-stop shop, man, for Raiders content. We we wanted to uh, take the, the 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 print medium to a whole nother level. You know, it, there, there, there are a lot of mediums, and it's no disrespect to any of the other ones out there because they're great, and we're trying to get to a point where you have, like, the athletic or Bleacher Report, and you have all of that kind of digital stuff. We wanted to make sure that we got 
written Raider content from the perspective of knowledgeable super fans. You know what I mean? And, and, and that are going to use journalistic integrity all along with it. You know, a lot of times you got people that write for the Raiders who don't, you know, it's their job to write for the Raiders. It's their job. They don't have a love for this team. They don't have a passion for this team. And they're not going to write about what's going on in the comings and goings of this team from that prism. And at Planet Raiders, it's not m- too much opinion-based stuff, but you know that it's coming from a person. Any writer that writes for us, has to. that's the prerequisite, is that they have to be passionate fans of this team. And they have to want to seek and disseminate knowledge about this team from a prism of someone who cares. And not just putting false narratives out there, not putting clickbait out there, just really reporting and giving a, a balanced and fair perspective on what's going on with the team. And also, Planet Raiders is a place where, you know, we're going to have digital content. We're, we're, you know, we're going to have written content. We're going to have places and support, you know, um, people who have uh, clothing lines and things that are uh kind of geared around Raiders and Raider Nation is it's 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 really going to is re- we really want it to be kind of like a, a, a like a magnet for everything that encompasses the Raiders and Raider Nation. We want it to be a place for all of the fans to come and and get something. Whatever you need, whether you need clothes, whether you need, you know, I'm I'm trying to add a message board to it so where people can, you know, uh sell tickets and things like that. It's a lot of different things I'm trying to do. I don't I don't I don't want to kind of talk about it cuz I don't know if I can do it, but I want to make it a place where we can support and connect all of the content creators, all of the people who are on YouTube. Like, you know, I I want people to get to know a lot of the other guys better. Like I want I actually wanted to interview you guys too. Like all of the people that I respect in this game, I want to make sure that I give them a voice. And that that was most the most important part of why we started playing the Raiders. You know what I mean? We wanted to represent ourselves digitally the same way we do on YouTube. I, I, I'm I, going to be honest with you, man. I think that we have the best community of content creators out of any of the National Football League's teams, by far. Totally agree. By yeah. far. By yeah. far. And I want it to be that way when it comes to written content as well. I want us to represent in that same way with playing the Raiders. That's a phenomenal idea. And I, I, I love it the way that you, you frame that because I think it's unfortunate – the way that a lot of, you know, and, and there's been a lot of haters of the Raiders in national media for a long time. You know, it's Mike Lombardi, Mike Silver, Mike Florio. Like, I mean, you know, there's, there's a, it's a long list. Um, but then when the Raiders moved to Vegas, now all of a sudden we had beat writers that were sour grapes as well. I won't call any, any of them out by name, but you know, we, there was, you know, Tim Kawakami was a long time beat writer for the Raiders. That was, that was a hater. We knew people like that that existed, but then other, other guys, that were that were local reporters kind of picked up the same thing, and then you Greg Papa the same thing. Like, and, and because of these the sour grapes nature, it's crept into their reporting. And and I'm not saying that everybody has to be a complete homer for the team, but I think that you have to write and report on the team without a, a level of venom to it. And I felt like there's so many gotcha like when it comes to the Raiders reporting nowadays. That it's it just it's so lazy to me. It's so one note. It's like they're just like constantly falling on the same joke and the same you know gotcha. And so to to hear you say that that like look you know being a fan of the team like like I've thought about a lot of these writers that are employed effectively by the Raiders like 
aren't you thankful for your job? Like, aren't you glad that the Raiders provided income for you and your family and you're constantly shitting on them? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I love this idea to gather in people that can report and write on the team that are fans of the team. Doesn't mean you're always going to endorse. Doesn't mean you're always going to, you know, apologize or any of those things, but support like that's got to be the throughput is that you at least support the team. So I love this concept. and I, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Uh-huh. I appreciate it, man. And, and to be honest with you, you could just see what's been going on just, just in the media, just since Mark Davis has been the owner before it was Mark, they used to shit all over Al Davis and they would act like he was just this crazy madman. And they don't even understand that had, had it not been for him and all the strides he made, and, and getting the leagues to merge. And every, I mean, he he actually, him and Pete Rosell are the two most significant figures in the history of the league. Like, like look, and I, I might put George Hallis because he helped start the National Football League, right? But Pete Rosell, Al Davis, George Hallis, and probably the, the, the Mara family with the Giants, I mean, they're not too many people. I mean, we, we can go, you know, Paul Brown maybe, but... Al Davis is on this list of probably three people, the most significant people to ever grace the National Football League. And people try to act like he was this this madman and this miscreant and like he didn't know what he was doing. And he and, and you got a guy who outsmarted a bunch of oil tycoons with no money and beat their ass right. constantly. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. How could you possibly not revere this man, right? And then now you have his son. And everybody tries to make his son like he's this little dummy and he's this little Dutch boy. And let's look at let's look at the facts on that. Let's look at the facts. This is a guy who inherited a team who was in financial ruins. Financial ruins. His father lost his fastball at the end of his life. We all know that. You know, he was he was getting older, fighting, being in court. I think he kind of took his eye off the ball in, in a sense. Right. And he died. This man had to make chicken salad out of chicken shit more than anyone I've ever seen, man. This, yeah. this, this man had a team that was in financial ruin. He had a roster that was terrible. He, he, he had a rudderless coach. And, and, and within all of that, you got everybody wanting to take the team from him, people trying to sue his mom. And somehow he was able to go and outsmart all of the owners who froze him out of Los Angeles when everyone knows the right thing to do would have been to put the Raiders back in Los Angeles. Amen. Yeah. That would have been the right thing to do. But you know what? Hey, man, the man with the gold rules, the the original plan, if we all remember, when they went to that owners meeting, was that the Chargers were supposed to go to the NFC, the Raiders were going to stay in the AFC, and they were going to inhabit a share stadium, right? And then when they came back from the recess, it all changed because Stan Kroenke is one of the richest men in the country. Stan Kroenke said, hey, listen, I own this land in, 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 in Englewood. I don't give a damn. And he probably got inspired from Al Davis. I don't give a damn what you guys say. I'm taking this team that I bought because my whole purpose of buying them was to move them back to Los Angeles. I already have the land and I don't need anybody's money. And I'm building that stadium no matter what you said. You know what Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft said? You know what, Mr. Kroenke? You're right. You're married to 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 the heir to Walmart. <laughs> you guys have more money than anybody. You do what you want, right? So now, what? What is? where does that leave Mark? Chargers got what they wanted. Rams got what they wanted. Where does that leave the Raiders? What's Mark? What's poor Mark Davis going to do? What did everybody say he was going to do? Oh, he should sell the team. 
You know what he did? He pulled himself up by his bootstraps and he figured out probably the best case scenario besides being in Oakland, moving the team to an untapped market that fits the Raiders brand like Las Vegas, man. Yeah. Who are the biggest gamblers in sports ever, man? The Raiders, the Renegades. You're ever going to move a team to Las Vegas and have a professional sports team in Las Vegas. What would exemplify that more than the Raiders? And Mark Davis got in bed with all of these, these casino billionaires and stuff and, and actually pulled it off. And now the Raiders are not only solvent, they're thriving. You, I mean, guys, we all remember those times. I had to tell some kid who was talking to me in my community tab saying that, oh, how can an owner of an NFL team be broke? I was like, dude, the Raiders used to have to wait until they got their TV money to make their payroll. You guys don't remember. We remember that, bro. A, a lot of people don't remember when the Raiders had to wait to get the television money, collective bargaining money to pay their players. It feels so good to hear that when the Raiders want to make a move or there's a player available like Jalen Ramsey, that is a possibility because it was a couple of years where we knew it didn't matter who the hell was available. It didn't matter how much they wanted to come to the Raiders. We knew we couldn't afford that player. We knew it, especially in California because of the taxes. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just a great thing. And, and I'm just so glad that Mark Davis on the business end of things has done things the right way. Now, as far as the football side of things, that is the piece he needs to tie up. And let's hope it happens. Yeah, let's hope it happens. And so let's let's go ahead and jump into it. You know, where are you where are you feeling right now on at at, at this stage? And of course, we, we're combine is this week. We know you're you're big into the draft. You're 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 a great draft uh, you know analyst uh, and, and incredibly knowledgeable about it. Way more so than than that. I'll speak for myself than I am. I don't know about about no, Jack. I, yeah, you know what here. I mean? I, I mean I watch college football, so I'm aware of the of of, of the big names, and I'm aware of you know uh, some of the players and the positions. Obviously, the Raiders need to address. But you get well versed in like the depth of it, and like you really get into it. And that's what we learned in sitting in with you. You all last year uh, when you were doing the, the those draft shows so kind of talk a little bit about where you're at you know leading up to the draft as far as needs for the Raiders maybe some players but then also you know let's talk about free agency and kind of the, just kind of the overall state of the Raiders right now man I you know it's it's, it's rough because they're if, if the Raiders were in this position where there wasn't there wasn't there there wasn't this 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 tide shift that needs to happen. I would say, listen, man, you know, Raiders, go out here, draft a young quarterback, or draft the best player available and just build this thing right. But the Raiders right now have to exercise so many different demons. They have to exercise the demons of John Gruden and Mike Mayock drafting poorly. They got to exercise the demons of the fact that our stadium has become a destination stadium for everyone else in the league. If you, you talk to every fan from the NFC all down the way to the AFC, if you're going to go to an away game, the one away game that you're going to want to circle on the calendar is to come to Las Vegas. Right. It's the perfect place to bring your wife. She can go get, you know, she can go to a spa. You can go watch the game. You guys can have a little fun, take her to a show. It's a, it, it's, it's a win-win if you're a married guy, right? And then if you're a young guy, you can have a bunch of fun out there in Las Vegas. It's the best place to go and see a game. So, we're dealing with that. We're also dealing with the fact that you you have a town that's never had a football team before, and it's a transient town, and people don't want to watch bad football. There are too many things to do in Las Vegas for people to sit there and suffer through a bad team. The loyalty that was in Oakland 
the Raiders will never be fortunate enough to have that in Las Vegas. And the only way that they're going to build the culture to, to anything close to that is to win. So now you have the winning caveat. You have replacing probably the, the, the most significant player on this roster in the last 10 years, Derek Carr. You have all of these things, and you have the pressure from the fans that we deserve better, that people bring signs to the stadium. There's so many different issues going on with this team. It's almost hard to know what direction this team is going to go because Josh McDaniels has to, he has to exercise the demons of his past tenure with the Denver Broncos. He has to prove to everybody he can be a head coach. And David Ziegler has to prove that he can be a real good GM. This is his first full draft. This is Josh McDaniels' first full draft as a head coach. And then you have pressure probably from ownership because it's been an embarrassment over the last few years watching other teams come and take our stadium over. So what do the Raiders do, right? And I know that's a very long-winded answer. I, I, it all depends, right? Now, do you go out there and do you mortgage, mortgage your future to bring in Aaron Rodgers? Huh. <clears throat> I don't know, man. The guy's 39 years old. He's great, but he's 39. I feel like if you're going to move up and you're going to tra trade draft capital, you move up to get your future. Now, are you going to get your future quarterback or your future? You know, if you're going to move up for anybody and, and, and you're not going to ride out with Jared Stidham, I, I, I say you move up and you try to get C.J. Stroud. Right now, what is that going to cost you? It will cost you more to move up to a position where you can draft a C.J. Stroud than it would for you to bring Aaron Rodgers in at this point in his career, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So then if C.J. Stroud's off the board and you're not willing to do that, a lot of people are saying that we should take Anthony Richardson. I am not under that estimation. I feel like Anthony uh, Richardson, he's he, he is he's a freak of nature. He's probably the best from a physical standpoint. And I'm just talking about height, weight, speed, all of that stuff, arm strength. He's 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 the best prospect I've seen since Cam Newton in that perspective, right? So yeah, he is that, but he has a lot of holes in his game. Accuracy. Uh, you know, he didn't play in a pro style offense. You know, Billy Napier kind of was in a pro style run first kind of an offense down at Florida, you know? Mm -hmm. And Anthony Richardson didn't play a whole lot. He only played one year. He was a red shirt and he played last year and then that's it. He has some issues with his throwing mechanics. He has issues. He can make the spectacular throw. He can make the spectacular move, but he has issues making the the the, the easy throw. The little 10, 15 yard out. You know what I mean? Putting sure. touch on the ball. So for me, I, I would like for the Raiders to take best player available. Now, when you talk about best player available, you have a lot. I think we have a very deep draft when it comes to cornerback. Very, very deep draft. We know we need to improve our secondary. I think that, you know, the Raiders in free agency in this offseason should really focus on building this defense up more than anything. Yes. And they need to, they, they need at least two starters at every level of the defense. And I think where they can get value at number seven is going after a guy like Christian Gonzalez. The, the guy's 6'2", he's fast, he's got bend in his hips. He is a prototypical star corner in the National Football League. Uh, you you also have a, a, a kid out of uh, Illinois, Devin Witherspoon, man. I mean, mm -hmm. phenomenal, technically yes. sound. Only thing is, is that Christian Gonzalez, the reason why I give him the edge is because he's a little faster and he's 6'2". You know, 6'2 corners aren't growing on trees. We saw last year we missed out on Tariq Woolen. You know what I mean? You see how he's playing, right? Absolutely. So I, I would love for the, the Raiders to make sure that they draft – a cornerstone starter with their first pick as opposed to reaching on a quarterback because the way it's looking to me, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud are the only two guys in this draft that I would take that high, and they're going to both be off the board unless we move up to number one. And the price to move up to number one in the in the position that we're in and the, 
with our roster is too is too high of a price to pay. I don't want the Raiders to, to trade their draft capital forever more just to get one guy, and then we have such a, a and we don't have a poor roster, but we have gaping holes that can only be addressed fiscally by the draft. You know, we have some some big ticket blue chip players. We got the Devontae Adams of the world, the Darren Wallers of the world, the Hunter Renfro's of the world. Hopefully, we bring back Josh Jacobs. So you have players like that in your roster. You don't have the liberty to just go out there and, and spend like a drunken sailor. You have to fill those holes like the 49ers did through the draft. And I that's what I hope that the Raiders do. I hope the Raiders don't reach on a quarterback, best player available, and then try to look to draft a guy like Hendon Hooker. Yeah, hey, man. That's my dude. That's been my guy, too, especially before he hurt his knee. He reminds me, a lot of people have his pro comparison to Dak Prescott. I, you know, I know you guys, because you guys are, you know, especially Murph. Murph, you remember this, this gentleman, and and I don't know if you think that it's the same kind of comparison, but I, I think that Hennon Hooker reminds me a lot of Warren Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. great, yeah. He reminds probably with me a bigger arm though. Yeah, yeah, and and that's saying a lot because Warren Moon and his <laughs> yeah. had a great arm. Yeah, I love Hennon Hooker, bro, and I think that you'll be able to get Hennon Hooker a little later. So the, the the approach that I would probably take is draft best player available first round, second round, Henning Hooker's not going to get past the second round. If you mm. got to make a move, you have multiple picks, move up in a second, bring in Henning Hooker. Yes. Then you just draft around that. You, and and you and then you can have a Jared Stidham and another stopgap to kind of, you know, you know, kind of like bury the tide of change. Yeah. And if you got a quarterback on the future on this roster, you can sell that to the Raider fan base. If you know that Hennon Hooker is sitting there waiting, the, the fan base will be okay with Jared Stidham <clears throat> starting next year. And if he's not playing well, then people will be like, all right, let's give him about four or five weeks. And then, boom, let's get the rookie in here. Let's see what he can do. And yeah. hopefully the, the ownership is patient with, with this regime. Absolutely. So, and w- before before we got on the air with you, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, t- taking best player available. And, you know, a guy that, that you know... Being that I'm a Tennessee Vols fan myself, you know, Jalen Hyatt is is very sexy and appealing as a wide receiver. Yes, we have all those weapons and stuff, but you never know what's going to happen between now and the draft as well. You know, do they try to get some draft capital and trade in a way, you know, a, a, a Hunter Renfro or something like that? You know, bringing in a guy like that and then also bringing in Hooker, which we've been high on since, you know, since last season. You know, it would be great to see them bring in a guy like that. I mean, what, I mean, you see uh, Joe Burrow and uh, and uh, Jamar Chase playing together and stuff. They you know have that you know connection and stuff from college. What do you think about something like that? I would love that. The problem with Jalen Hyatt is is he he's a guy when he goes to Indianapolis, he's gonna blow the roof off of Lucas Oil State. <laughs> yeah, and and you know we all know how the underwear Olympics goes. You know, people get paid a lot of money to scout these guys. And for some reason, people lose their mind. Owners lose their minds off of what they see at the combine. Yeah. They, some of them, everybody says, no, we all look at the game tape. I'm like, bullshit. Because I've seen players that no one was talking about until they went to the NFL combine, and then they get overdrafted. It happens every, every single year. Yep. Jalen Hyatt, mark my words, man, him and Anthony Richardson, when they go – to the combine, they are going to blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium, and somebody, <clears throat> Daniel Snyder, is probably going to overdraft him. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> Jones, whatever, they're going to overdraft Jalen Hyatt. I don't think we're going to get a chance to draft Jalen Hyatt. 
Okay. I don't. Wow. I don't. He he won't be there in 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 after the second round. He probably he might get taken in the back half of the first round. But we are not going to get a chance. He will never. He'll never be there in the third round ever. That's the only way we'd be able to take him. Right. But he'll he'll never be there in the third round. That dude is the fastest electric play. He he reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. He reminds me mm-hmm. a lot of Deshaun Jackson. Man, he is electric. Watch when he goes to the combine. That's all anybody's gonna be talking about. He's gonna get overdrafted. Yeah, watch and watch. Yeah, like you said, if he has a good day, especially if he's fast, and we know he's fast, but we'll see what kind of numbers that he puts up. But yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I just think it would be a fun idea. Like, and I and I and I fully understand that. Like, you know, and what most fans are, I think, are, are leaning on that. You know, we need to build our defense. Like, that's where the focus needs to right. be. But man, it sure would be sexy to have a pairing like that. You know, because you we, we were talking about it. You know, with not just with Jamar Chase and and, and Joe Burrow, but you, you've got Tua and and Jalen Waddle. You've got Devontae Smith and and. Jalen Hurts you've got you know you could even count ETN and freaking Trevor Lawrence in there in terms of like pairing up and and you and Derek and Devontae for a year um pairing up uh college players in the NFL has proved to be pretty successful so I, I think that that would be that would be at least an interesting thing to explore but I'm with you I, I think the likelihood of it is is, is 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 probably not much but it would be fun so how about how about free agents so there's I was going through today I was looking through the list of NFL uh network or NFL.com released their 101 free agents uh, and and got them all ranked there. And there's a lot of defenders in there. Uh, They had Deron Payne on the list, but we know that Deron Payne is, is uh, he's going to get the franchise tag, but there's a lot of secondary. uh, There's a lot of uh, interior linemen. There's a few linebackers in there. Although I think we're pretty set with Perryman in the middle. Um, What are some names, uh, maybe some positions that uh, you think the, you know, could be really interesting following for the Raiders. See, I don't really think that we're set at linebacker. I I, th- I think that we need to really, really seriously go out there and 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 address our linebacking core. If you look at it, you know Denzel Perryman is is a free agent, right? You can improve upon Denzel Perryman in free agency. Yeah, right? Levante Levon- David, Levante, Levante David is David. right there. Levante David, look, you got Trayvon Edmonds, where he's a guy where you got to make sure that if you bring him in. You have to make sure that your defensive line is sound. You also got to make sure that you have another linebacker to to wear the green dot, like a Levante David type. Because if you bring in Edmonds by himself, to me, he has freaking Corey Littleton written all over him. Huh. You know, he he's he's played with a superior defensive line in Buffalo, and he's kind of able to roam around and use his athleticism. And you know, we don't have that kind of. Uh, interior defensive presence uh, on our line. You know, we got Max Crosby. We got old man Chandler on the edge with, with Max. Max is phenomenal. We all know that. But uh, this year, in a real way, they're going to have to make sure that they go out there and they address that in the draft during free agency. Now, you know, you have Hargraves from uh, Philly. He might be a little rich for our blood. Dalvin Tomlinson is a guy I'm, I'm looking at. But to be quite honest with you, man, I, I really want to see them go and address just the secondary as much as possible. And I want them to go out there and get a starter back there as well. So I'm looking at Poirier. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right from Buffalo, man, but man, he's a special, special talent back there. And we haven't had that kind of safety since, you know, I mean, in a long time, I'm not gonna say Charles Woodson because he's a hall of famer, but you know, I, I can, we can even go back to the days of Eric Turner. You know what I'm saying? Like we, the one thing the Raiders have always had was made us dominant is having a dominant secondary. And I think, playing in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, you need to address the secondary first. 
Absolutely. Because if, if you if you do, and you have guys that can create turnovers and stop them, you know, marching down the field whenever they want, that is one of the ways that we'll we'll, we'll beat the Chiefs, man. I mean, look, we're not going to be able to beat the Chiefs by praying that we draft a guy that's better than a generational talent. Like, let's just be for real here, man. Patrick Mahomes is for real. He's going to be here. He's a guy that's already done some things that other great quarterbacks never have even approached. He's already got two Super Bowl wins. I mean, he's already doing all these spectacular things. And I don't want to blow smoke up, you know, Kermit Mahomes' ass. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, it's very, very hard to win your division when you got an all-time great in your division. Absolutely. He's the bar. He's the bar, yeah, like the that's bar all around the league. That's what uh, any any time that Raider fans get you know in their feelings around certain players or certain things, I'm like, look, you got to remember what we're up against because you're right. Until we can beat them and him twice a year, none of this rest of this shit matters. Like that's it doesn't. That's the goal. Like that's where we have to get to. And until we get to that point, then nobody is inexpendable. Like it's the and, end. And that's the way. And that's the way I've been feeling. And when you look at it. Let's look at the, the the Brady and Manning era, right? Sure. It was the only team that used to interrupt that little ethos and beat them besides each other. Roethlisberger. The Ravens. Oh, well, well sure. Roethlisberger, yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. I forgot about Ben. I'm sorry. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And yep. what do they both have in common? A hard-nosed, tough-ass defense yep. that used to knock the shit out of them. Yep. yep. And that's what we need. I'm telling you right now, more so than the quarterback, we need to build that defense from pillar to post. We need depth. We need guys that are dogs. We need guys that are that are special talents. We have not had that in, on the Raiders since probably the early 2000s when we were last in the Super Bowl. We haven't had that. And, and, and to me, those two things are mutually exclusive. I think for us, for us to be the Raiders, everybody talks about the Tim Browns of the world, the Fred Belitnikoffs. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, the the clip, the Cliff Branches, the Bo Jacksons, the Marcus Allen's. We all talk about these guys, but if you really look at the history of the Raiders and when we were great, we were our best when we had defense. Our defense really always set the tone. From when Lyle Alzado was here and Howie Long and Greg Townsend and all these guys, and we can go all the way back to Tatum's of the world. I'm not gonna keep naming names, Murph. You know, Jeff. You know. Oh like, yeah. That's what we did. We used to knock the shit out of people. We need to get back to being that bruising team with with within context. You can't be the way the old Raiders used to be in today's National Football. Yeah. They're not going to allow it, right? But we can be some of that. Absolutely. We can be some of that. Can we be the Legion of Boom? Can we be something close to that? Yes, but we have to make a commitment to that. And if the Raiders make a commitment to that now, hopefully Josh McDaniel has learned why Tom Brady and, 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 and the Patriots won so many Super Bowls initially before Tom Brady matured into being just a cyborg of a football player. When when he was very limited, that defense used to win them a lot of games, man. Absolutely. A lot of games, man. And if 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 he can harken back to that and build that defense and not get so caught up. And one thing I get kind of afraid with Josh McDaniels is the fact that there's a level of arrogance I see from Josh McDaniels that really bothers me. And I know he's won a lot in New England, but you haven't won. Bill Belichick did all of that winning. So you got to prove yourself and you have to be malleable and you got to acquiesce to players and their strengths and not just try to shoehorn your supposed system on guys. So that's the one thing. If I, and I don't know if I can believe David Carr, you know, saying that, you know, Derek wasn't able to audible and check out a plays. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to bring up Derek Carr. Right. But 
my, my thing is, is that I hope that's not the case. And I hope Josh McDaniels sees what this team needs. We need to be able to stop the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers to win anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so the last question I have, so kind of a, kind of a two-parter and they have nothing to do with each other. So, so real quick, I wanted you to touch. So, so here based out of middle Tennessee, like we are, so, so we're good friends with the bustin' with the boys guys. Right. So, uh, so, so quickly give us your take on, uh, on what do you think about Taylor Lewan maybe coming to play for the silver and black? And then, uh, and then I wanted to hear just a real quick, like a dark horse draft pick, you know, deep round that could maybe make a difference. Kind of like what, you know, like a Max Crosby or something like that. Just some dark horse late round pick that may come in and surprise a lot of folks. Oh, the dark horse late. I don't know if he's going to be too late round, probably maybe the third, fourth round. Mozzie Smith from the Michigan Wolverines. Really mean, hard-nosed defensive tackle. He's a kid that you know got into a little trouble, but uh, you know a lot of people say you don't you, you know you want to have uh, choir boys in Vegas. Sometimes, man, you can't have choir bo- all choir boys in your team. Sometimes you got to have the you know you got you got to have the Lawrence Taylors of the world in your Absolutely. team. Absolutely, and I, and, I, and I'm not saying he's that kind of guy, but I think that his draft stock is going to drop a little bit. There's, there's there's also another guy who right now, Dewey Jones, man from uh, Ohio State, man. I mean, the guy is six eight wingspan. He's like an athletic Trent Brown. He's another guy that's not going to go deep. And 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 you know, he's he's. I think maybe after the combine, he might shoot up draft boards. But he he's around a second or third round pick. I can see him going. Uh, when 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 it comes to Taylor Lewan coming to town, Taylor Lewan hasn't been very healthy lately, and it's going to be a hard sell to bring Taylor Lewan in when you have a guy like Colton Miller, which Colton Miller hasn't been. Look, Colt Miller hasn't been Anthony Munoz, but Colt Miller ain't bad. And and for you to be able to move on from Colton Miller, right? People are saying, oh, just move Colt Miller to right tackle. It's not that easy. Like Colt Miller played right tackle at UCLA, man. But you can't just move that guy after he's been making the money he's been making. He's been playing as well as he's been playing. And Taylor Luan is a guy who was a left tackle. He's been that his whole career. He's not moving to right tackle. So if you're going to move on from Colton Miller, a guy that's been healthier than Taylor Luan, you got to justify that. So I don't really see that working out for us. You know what I mean? I, and, and the thing is, I wonder whether at this point in Taylor Lewan's career, is he more of a podcaster than a football player? Because he, he's been going through a lot of injuries, man. And he's very successful at what he's doing. He's very good at what he does. And you you know that they, they can back, back up the Brinks truck for him. They've been doing that with a lot of the former NBA players. All the smoke, all those guys, you know, with Brandon Marshall, all these guys. They're right in that ethos where he can make millions of dollars and not have to take another bump in his life. So I don't really know if that's really the great thing. Like if we had a, a gaping hole at left tackle, I would say yes. You know, you always get better bringing in a guy that's been as successful as Taylor Luan. But I can't foresee the Raiders moving away from Colt Miller, a guy that's been a lot healthier and a guy that has played well for us. Yeah, I'm with you. Not I, great it, last year, but yeah. Sorry. What? Well, it, Colton Miller's our best lineman. Like out of out of out of the five. I mean, I, he's. I think he's the best one that we have. Certainly the most consistent and and becoming getting to the point of being longest tenured. Um, so I'm with you. The only way that wet works is if Taylor moves over. Uh, which is is I don't think that he's in in a spot to do that. But it sure would be cool from a leadership perspective. I think from a 
from you know like he's the kind like he's a good locker room guy right like he's the guy to bring the boys together and and i think the spirit of the raiders um changes when you have guys like that in the building jeff and i talked about it with like kind of bring back like that that richie incognito vibe um you know and so i think that part of it would would be good but i but i'm with you i think there's a lot of challenges um for the raiders to 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 be able to to make that happen but i do i love him yeah 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 and not for nothing Taylor Luan got me when him and, and Quentin Nelson recreated Offset and Cardi B's video at that, that um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. They, yes. they, it was, if they were at a spa, they recreated the video. I was like, yo, this is my dog. Man. <laughs> I love Taylor Luan. <laughs> or when he signed his contract and he dressed like Boss Hog from the, uh, yeah. The yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, I said, this is my dog. I would love him. <laughs> at, at, at this point in his career, if this was Taylor Luan like three or four years ago, see you later, Colt Miller. But right now, oh, sure. yeah. injury, because he he's a better player than Colton Miller. You know, I mean, at this point, I don't know because he's been injured. But historically, he's been a better player. He's, he was one of the best left tackles in football. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. When he's fully healthy yeah, and, and not playing Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's one of the best. And that, that was the other thing, too, is it like, well, that's a good. It'd be a good thing for him in his career because he wouldn't have to line up opposite Chandler anymore when it counted. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, so, and you know what? And I I saw another name too when I was looking through the free agent list. Orlando Brown, I think, makes a lot of sense. That guy was played when he was drafted by the Ravens. They drafted him as a right tackle. It was only in in Kansas City that they shifted him over to the left side. That's a kind of a plug and play guy. Or Mike McGlinchey is another one. I think you could just plug right in there at right tackle. McGlinchey's going to be expensive. But I think there are, are better options. And, but I, th- I think one of those guys uh, might be in the mix. I think free agent right tackle seems to me going to make the most sense. See, this is the problem with Orlando Brown. Okay. Orlando Brown, when he was in Baltimore, the reason why he wanted to leave is because he wants to play left tackle. Oh, yeah. That's true. He wants the money. He wants to play left tackle. They drafted Ronnie Stanley. He It was just wasn't going to happen there. They, they got a guy that's a little bit better than him. So that's one of the reasons why he wanted out. He went to Kansas City, and now he's a free agent. He, That's probably a non-starter if you come to that man and tell him he's got to play. Okay, right yeah. And then, yeah. And, and as it pertains to Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey has not been good. He hasn't been good. Like, everybody, he's a name. He's a guy that when him and Colt Miller came out, we know that Guru wanted Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. The Niners moved up. They got right ahead of us. They took him, and then we kind of supposedly got stuck with Colt Miller, and we got the best of that exchange right there. Because Mike McGlinchey was drafted to be a left tackle. And of course, when you when you got Trent Williams, I mean, goddamn, you gotta move. Trent Williams <laughs> yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's probably the bet damn near the best left tackle I've ever seen, man, right? So I don't know ever, but he's one he's one of the five best left tackles I've ever seen in my in my time watching football. And I've seen, you know, we've seen them all. Murph, you know, you know, we've seen a lot of guys from the, the early eighties till now. No, oh, our show. Yeah, our show. I mean, I didn't see our show. You know what I'm saying? Our show was before my time, but I'm trying. I think I'm he just called me old, Jeff. Well, I'm you are a little bit old. old. <laughs> Listen, they call me old, bro. I'm only in my mid forties. They call me old all the time. But I'm just saying, Anthony Munoz and guys like yeah. that. You know, yeah. Uh, who, who was the one uh, for the for the Cowboys? Was it Larry Allen? Larry Back, Allen was a guard. But guard. Who was the guy? Was it Nate Newton? Nate Newton was a guard too. Oh, shoot. It, was, it, it was Larry Allen was a guard, but you had Eric Williams, you had Mark Tuline, you had all of them guys, man. Martin was it Stepnoski? They had an awesome had, line. Yeah, that one of the best offensive lines ever in football. Yeah. Yo, Willie Rofe, just guys like just 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 phenomenal left tackles over the years. Um, 
Oh my God. Um, Jonathan Ogden. I mean, my God. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? yeah. Yeah. Guys like that. Right. So I think Trent Williams is that. So they move McGlinchey. But the thing is, you got to ask yourself, if Mike McGlinchey was playing that well, why would they have to go out and go get a Trent Williams? Why would they have to move him, who's drafted to be left tackle, move to right tackle? And then you see all of the injuries that they got there in San Francisco. Quarterbacks are getting hit there. What's going on there? And why are the 49ers willing to get rid of this guy? Like, to me, I would be upset if they brought Mike McGlinchey in because Jermaine Illuminor is a, he's, he's a, he's a penalty machine, but he played decent this year. He played decent, and and I don't want us to go out and pay big free agent dollars for a guy that's not a clear upgrade over what we already have. Okay, I'm with you. So 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 it's like I know a lot of people say Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey. I'm a Notre Dame guy. I, I remember when he was in Notre Dame. I, I I love the guy. I I think at this point in Mike McGlinchey's career, he's he's not bad, but he's not the kind of guy that that's going to come in and improve our line in a way where we need it to be improved. Good deal, man. Well, good deal, man. Wasted. This has been a blast, man. It's, Absolutely. We, we, we had, had a blast on your show uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's been awesome having you back here uh, on, on Raiders Fan Radio for an RFR conversation. Uh, what's kind of give us some some final words for although people hear you all the time on your channel, uh, maybe somebody that's, uh, you know, it, it was not familiar with it yet. Uh, just what's your overall message for Raider Nation, man, as, as we uh, um, before we let you go? Man, you know, Raider Nation, man, you guys all know that we are stronger together than we are apart. We got to stay the course. We got to have faith in what's going on. We can't get down. We can't get attached to, to, to players. We have to look at things pragmatically and try to support this organization and support the shield over all else. That players come and go. But the one thing that doesn't change is this right here. Let's go. That's it. This is it. And, and it's all about what? A commitment to excellence, not mediocrity. So do not get comfortable and lulled into watching mediocre stuff and just being okay with it because we're not the worst and we're in the middle. Don't be, don't, don't be afraid to take the road to excellence. That's the road less traveled, man. There's only certain teams that have that strive for excellence. Other ones are okay with just filling the stadium up and getting their head kicked in every now and again. We're the Raiders. We should be stomping a hole in everybody in the league, man. And younger fans, I want you to know. This is one of the greatest organizations in professional sports. And we need to get back to that. It's not just about going to the playoffs and getting and losing in the first round. That's bullshit. That's nothing that we ever was about. And we shouldn't be about that now going to the future. We need to demand excellence and we need to support this organization above all else. Right on, man. Well, hey, hey you're my dude, man. Much, much respect to you. And uh, and real quick, before we get off here, tell us, tell uh, the folks that aren't aware of who you are, which if they're not, they're doing it wrong. They need to know you. But uh, but tell us where we can find you. Hey, Raider Nation Unlimited at Wasted Talent Raiders on YouTube, man. Uh, you can see me over at Planet Raiders. I'm a writer over there. I'm, 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 I'm one of the proprietors of Planet Raiders, along with Graphic Raider. We are going to be churning out Tremendous content. You you can see me over at Graf's channel, Graphic Raider, or you, you know what I'm saying, the Oak Las Vegas Network, my brother Hammer's network, you know, the Las, Las Vegas Raider News today. Uh, my brother Andy, Raider Football Talk. We, we're all together. We do, I think, oh, and hey, man, 
Shout out to everybody in Raider Nation. Shout out to all of the great content creators, man. And I appreciate you guys for allowing me on your, your platform. And this has been been a dream come true. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely, man. It was uh, Pleasure's all on our side, man. We are we are very thankful to have you come on. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And uh, congratulations on the immediate success that you found. And uh, and much more to you, my friend. You, you're, you're doing it the right way. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we're pr- proud to have you here. And, uh, and we'll definitely do this again soon. Thank you, brothers. Appreciate you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.